Hi, this is Jackie Cation. Welcome back to my living room. Taping two today. This is episode 35 of the Dork Forest. The website's, of course, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. There's a donation button. Thank you, or please knock yourselves out. Uh, both apply to those who have used it and those who have not. There's merchandise, of course, Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, or uh, either one of my CDs. Not, uh, you can watch those or... Watch those? Why don't you buy them? Anyway, uh, the credits. Patrick Brady does the audio. He fixes the audio. Mike Rickberg sang that song you just heard. And Vilmos works on the website. Vilmos has his own podcast called Green Room Radio, where he inter- interviews road comics. Sitting in my living room in Van Nuys uh, are two guys. We got cartoon dork Mike Funt. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jackie. And we have uh, a man who works for VH1. I've known for years and stand-up comic. Both these guys used to do stand-up. There's some voice acting going on with Mike Funt, but uh, Tony Diamond, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Jackie. You do working on a lot of reality shows with the talking head business with the greatest of this and the greatest of that. The greatest of that, the 100 greatest, the 20 greatest, the 40 greatest, and the 50 greatest. Are there ever 40 greatest? There's sometime I just did a 40 greatest. Of what, I wonder? I Can you two, say? Two of them back to back. They, Can- are they already aired. Oh, they One already is aired? called um, 40 Greatest 90s One Hit Wonders. Wow. On VH1. They could only find 40. 40. We okay. did 100. We know we did... Uh, We've done seven, yeah, we did 49, we did a hundred <laughs> greatest one-hit wonders as well back in the day. Okay, but that was probably over the course of several decades. Yes. But just in the 90s, they got 40. That's right. Okay. And I also did one called 40 Greatest, 40 Greatest Pranks, which is all about pranks, like um, greatest moments from like Punked or oh, okay. prank shows on MTV, right. VH1. I'm never signing the release, by the way. If you ever know anybody who wants to prank me, I hate them. I don't want to be tickled. All of it. They'll never be able to use you. It's uh, never. They, you they don't sign the release. You're uh, not going to be on. They're going to be blurry that's or that's, audio. <laughs> right, right. They can all be. It can all be very, very, very exciting. Have you ever been? Uh, have you ever been punked, Mike Funt? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of of pranks, and most of my friends know that it's. That it will not be well received. It will not be well received. It will not end well if I, if I do. Shrewd that you've chosen wisely because those, my friends know it as well. And there's no, even with kids, when you pretend to tickle, I will pretend to tickle from a distance because, uh, nobody needs to even get pretend to tickle like things are almost going to be tickled. Because I, t- tickling, well, I have four older brothers. I would wet myself. They would yeah, tickle yeah, me yeah. forever. And then I would wet myself oh, and it was not okay. Here's the thing about being tickled. It's like, it's, when you think about it, unless you're like an infant and you're going, you know, the, on the little, the goo goo goo. Yeah, that's fine. But if you're an adult or even a kid, it's it's really invasive. It's not like it doesn't it's feel a bad good. touch. It it's does, a it's totally bad touch. Definitely, it's definitely, definitely a bad hug. Yeah. <laughs> that's a. It's not a positive. I no. don't know. I, I mean, want no part here, of it. You're in your weird spots. Like, don't, I don't want to be touched there. That's right. not where I want to be touched. Right. If you want to touch me there, you have to make sweet sweet love to me. That's exactly. what I'm saying. It right. has to be a positive touch. Right. All right. Well, and I'm actually quite ticklish. So, we, and we've knocked tickling out of the park. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm actually very ticklish too. My wife has such a double standard about it as well. She, uh, she loves to to, to tickle? sneak up and tickle me. Uh, but if I do the reverse and try to tickle her, she gets angry. She's very ticklish on the bottom of her feet. She right. gets angry if I tickle her foot. Yeah. Do you know why? Because it's angering. I know. And, but I don't understand why she would not know that. You, I know why. Because you don't get angry. And so you keep taking it like, well, I guess I've somehow, this is part of it. Yeah. And <laughs> that seems an interesting <laughs> relationship choice on your part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is part of it. I guess I'll have to be tickled occasionally. Yeah. Hmm. You don't, you seem like a guy who doesn't get angry. I, I don't. I mean, I have a long fuse, but right. once it, once it goes off, oh, it goes off pretty, pretty hard. The zombies are going to uh, get it then. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to throw a lot of temper tantrums. Oh yeah. And my dad. How did that manifest, I wonder? Well, I just, just you know, just kind of go kicking and kicking and, and, and the and whole thing. And my right? dad would take me by my feet and dunk me in our pool. We had a pool, right? He would turn you upside down. And dunk me in our pool to calm me down. <sighs> but it worked because now <laughs> I never get angry, but I also don't swim. So. Oh, you don't swim? No. You want no part of it? I want no part of swimming. Did you ever learn to swim? I did. You had to kind of. Right. Because you had a pool in the back. Actually, I, I swim now, but for a while, I'm like, I'm not swimming. I don't, I don't get angry and I don't swim. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I think social services would have been called. They uh, should have been. Yeah. yeah, at the time there was just sort of a bad choice. My father uh, learned how to swim by being tossed into Lake Michigan because I grew up on Lake Michigan, and my my grandfather was just like, "Well, this is how it is. This is how you're going to learn how to swim." <laughs> no, no, you got one. 
You got a horror story from uh, your youth, or your I do. Grand, I am actually, I'm actually terrified of water. I, I don't swim at all. I had, I had an incident with an alligator when I was, because I grew up in the south, uh, super I, south, like northern Florida. Where did you grow uh, up? Well, I grew up in Georgia, but my grandparents lived in Florida, and I was uh, at their lake house for the summer, and uh, I was on a, a boat with my granddad and a bunch of his buddies fishing, and uh, there was an alligator on the bank, sort of sunning himself, <laughs> and uh, about twenty feet away or so. And uh, one of the guys turned around and knocked me over the side, and the alligator saw Just a splash and went into the water. And, and yeah, and uh, how old was, were you? Uh, like six or seven. Oh. And I I don't like going in the water ever since. Right, I right. Think. How about controlled bodies of water, like a pool? Uh, I can go into a pool for a little while. If the water gets really still and calm, it's weird, and I, I have to get up. You got maybe some pillow therapy in your future. Beat out a pillow and, and yell at the alligator. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Tony. What were you saying? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It's the, it's the story of this podcast. I'm like, oh, Tony had a great... Oh, Jackie's going to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer remember. I'll, I'll come back to me. It'll all come back. So uh, so you do... Um, so do you... Now, I know now that you're doing voice work with cartoons and you... You cartoon guru is that the name of it? Yes. Is that y- you review cartoons? You do cartoons? What what is cartoon guru? Uh, it's a l- it's a little bit of everything. I I write reviews. I have a, a blog and a Facebook page, and I I write reviews of cartoons that come out. I also oh, okay. uh basically do some humorous uh writings about the history oh. of animation as well. Oh really? And uh, yeah, like a couple weeks ago, I just did a, a whole week long segment on. Uh, animated characters as spokespeople in cartoons or in uh, commercials. Oh, right, right. Um, there was a yeah. Looney Tune thing in the 60s, wasn't there, where they yeah. were doing a lot of kicks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of cereals? <laughs> and the Hanna-Barbera car- characters did some. And then, uh, the, you know, there are a lot of characters, uh, cartoon characters that are a part of our culture, pop culture history that only exists in commercials like Tony the Tiger, Toucan Sam, oh, right. uh, Count Chocula, uh, Captain Crunch, and, and all those Characters I'm, are. I would watch a cartoon with with Conchocula and Captain Crunch. It'd be great is getting all those together. The, and the the serial animated characters on television for them to do a movie like some kind of like mission like they they have to go talk save about someone. some product play 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 that <laughs> <Yeah>. would really. <laughs> I think we just spawned a genius idea. Yeah, it's but Conchocula. I mean, I would. He's not a scary vampire. He'd be a great vampire to sort of follow around. And Captain Crunch, that guy's, he's buffoonish. Yeah. Uh, that's just good times. That'd be, yeah. Or like an animated documentary. Like, what are they doing when they're not doing commercials? When you follow, <laughs> like, you know, Count Chocula, he's like a, he drinks a little bit, you know, <laughs> he's kind of on the sauce. You see him wake up at noon every day. And, you know, just, just documenting all these guys. Like now they're, they don't, they're ageless, but they're still just like, you know. I'm just kind of sick of it all. Sick Did you ever all, read yeah. Three Fingers? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a comic book and it's a, it's a comic book. It's a one-off graphic novel of uh, a Mickey Mouse-like character mm-hmm. where um, he, that all the cartoon, all the good cartoon work was going to animated cartoons that had more fingers or no, that only had three fingers. And so there was a, the conspiracy was, is that there were uh, surgeons creating these characters. I mean, it was essentially just, you know, they were, they were politicizing or saying, oh, only these three fingers, only these mutilated. So people are going out and getting mutilated yeah. so they can be, be in like the big movies. Now, it's like, uh, okay. it's like, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit is a, a, a veiled criticism of racism in Hollywood in the forties and fifties. How so? And so uh, I love that movie, but um, uh, yeah, it's, I tend like to think of my top three favorite movies. But uh, yeah, it's very much. I mean, if you look at the the culture of it, the you know the tunes live in a sort of ghetto in Toontown, oh, right. and uh, it's okay. They have th- these secret nightclubs, and and you know oh, non humans okay. like to go, and it's sort of a dirty, sketchy thing to go and hang out in the Toon nightclubs. And uh, you know, I didn't get any of that. Yeah. <laughs> But I watch that movie once a year. Yeah. What are your other two favorite uh, anim? Do you like animation? Don't I do. You? Okay. Yeah, we all do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good. What are your What are your other two favorites? And that you you don't you don't you don't have to uh, say that these are the only three that you like. Obviously. Oh no, I was saying Roger Rabbit is one of my top three favorite movies, and my favorite is Jurassic Park, and then Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then Jaws. Those are my three favorite movies of all time. Jaws. Jaws yeah. is great. Jaws is great, but I mean, I saw it. Maybe I saw it too late. Like, I didn't see it when I was a kid. 
So, it, I mean, I did like, uh, I thought it was amazingly well written because it had so many layers to it. I like when a movie, when like if somebody's having a conversation on the phone behind the main characters, that if you watch that scene again, that's a real conversation. Yeah. That was Fair kind enough. of, like, like there was a conversation. Okay, so there's the main guy whose um, name I can't remember. Not Roy Richard Dreyfus, but Roy Scheider. Roy, Roy Scheider. Scheider. Uh, he's having a conversation with his wife on the phone. And it's a real con. I mean, I think in the foreground, it's the captain and Richard Dreyfus. And in the background, it's Roy Scheider talking to his wife. And it's a real conversation happening. It's like another layer. You know, it feels more like, I mean, Spielberg, good work. I know he's been waiting for me to finally say. He kind of knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make a stand. He knows how to Spielberg's like pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I he's, will. <laughs> he's kind of got a little bit of a vision. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he also did that. That uh, he's, he's done some crap. Okay, yeah, that's true. Idea. You know, it's a great Stephen Spielberg movie. Is, is I think I don't know if it's his first one, but one of his first one is Duel. You ever see Duel? No. Duel's a great movie. Oh yeah. I've never seen it, but Dance I do know. Fever. I do know of it. Yeah. Yeah, a real great movie. Uh, is it about uh, old-timey gunfighting? No. Uh, Dennis Weaver plays a traveling salesman. Mm-hmm. And, God, I haven't seen it in a long time, but he's a traveling salesman somewhere in the south, I want to say, or maybe like through Arizona. Kind of a nameless bot backdrop, really. And um, he cuts off in the beginning of the movie or something gets into some kind of confrontation with the truck driver. You don't ever see the guy, but this truck driver just follows him everywhere and harasses him tries to cut him off and you see that like this it's kind of an ominous uh truck from the back it's really large like, marge did you ever see Wee herman's great yeah. adventure large marge anyway yeah so, so it's, it's does, that guy, yeah, does that guy chase him chases him all over like in he's out truck? to get him. in the truck so it's a, it's a semi truck versus a small little whatever he's driving yeah you never see the truck driver so it's almost like the the it's almost a monster movie where the truck is a monster that's right, that's right. chasing him through the whole it's really movie. good Really wow. well done. There's nothing but him and the guy. You know, there's a few stops, a few other characters in the movie, but it's, you know, there's no... Big know, set. It's no, like no. diner, man. Yeah. You're just sitting in that diner. It's like diner. <laughs> Only... Not. not at all like diner. <laughs> <laughs> Although diner, one of my favorite movies ever made. Oh, really? I don't know if I could do it now. I had the script of diner, which I memorized, and I saw the movie so many wow. times that I could sit there and watch it and basically go line for line. I can... I can what do you, you want to call you, it? You could I talk along. Talk along with the movie. Exactly. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What now? From what, beginning to end. Now, what? I mean, all I remember, I saw Diner probably in parts. And uh, I remember there was some talk of, you know, no Billy Joel is going to leave this. No, that was actually uh, St. Elmo's Fire. But, uh, which is, I think, the poor man's Diner, don't you think? And uh, <laughs> I used to stand up with a guy who wrote that movie. St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah. He wow. was around for a while. I don't know. It was... Before I moved to Chicago, so it was 1990-something, before 94, and he, what was his name? He's a nice guy. And sure. And he, um, but what made you watch Diner over and over again? Have you seen it, Mike? I have not seen you it. you never seen Diner? Oh, I, you know, I was a huge Barry Levinson fan, huge fan at the time of Mickey Rourke, of, um, now you're asking me, I'm blanking out on, on the cast. Oh, right, right. I mean, it was very popular. It was popular. Yeah, it, was just, it, was really, it was so well done, and it was just this great story and it was everything was so well paced you know and kevin bacon everybody was in it it was just great and they were young it was funny the dialogue was great and it just i don't know it didn't end up being sort of like i I never saw the end of it but it wasn't like a slice of life kind of thing it's a first slice of life okay guy's getting ready to get married has his best friends one best friend comes in town who's been away and he's got some backstory with some woman that he's seeing which is kind of like the the boring part of the movie when he goes to visit this woman it's kind of lame but everything else when the guys are together it's really about the dialogue the things okay. they talk about and if you watch that and if you watch like 10 men you see that kind of also you know a really great example of, of a slice of life and, and yeah barry levinson is is i mean he's kind of amazing yeah he knows what he's doing so he puts these great people together these characters and lets them just talk Right. And, you know, not unlike there's a scene in, in, in Tin Men where they're all sitting around a diner and they're talking about Bonanza and they're talking about right. different TV shows of the time and, and what they like and women. You date this woman because of this. and Right, right. It's You know what? I, I need to watch Barry Levinson again. I forget about that. It's, uh, Mike, you're doing a lot of nodding. It's an audio show. That's true. That, I'm yeah. going to need, uh, I'm going to need some chitter chat. And, uh, what, uh, what's your favorite written? Like, what, wh- what is it about animation? I mean, I, is, what draws you to the animation? Is it the art or is it the, the story or is it the dialogue or when is it done best? I guess uh, is my question. 
I guess originally for me, it was the comedy of it. Uh, you know, I got started, I fell in love with cartoons based on, you know, the old shorts and the old TV shows, Rocky and Bullwinkle and Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera and stuff like that. I have seen enough Rocky and Bullwinkle to, to oh, really. Oh, it's so, so funny. It's very, very smart writing. And, uh, uh, so, so originally it was that. And then I got a little more into the, you know, heavy animation art of it. And, uh, there are, you know, there are lots of people that, that write about and talk about the, you know, the, the art of animation and stuff like that. And I sort of delineate there's, there is kind of, for me, a delineation between animation and cartoons because cartoons are a little, I, I guess they take themselves a little less seriously. Okay. You know, whereas something, like uh that the Do they look different? Animation versus cartoons? Not necessarily. Okay. Uh you know, something like the illusionist I think of is um uh, What's that? Is the, that a feature? Yeah, it was a feature that was nominated for the Oscar last year. Last year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh you know, that's that's an animated film which is it, it was beautiful and great, but it, to me it's not a cartoon. Okay. Um, and 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 animation is also a much more encompassing uh Word now with like video game animation and right uh, and everything that's animated with FX and exactly. Avatar and exactly. all that kind of thing. What about um, like do you like Adult Swim? Yes, it's a uh, because I I don't watch enough of it. I like uh, Venture Brothers. That's the I I watch like one of every kind of genre because I yeah. don't have any <laughs> I don't have any time. So like I watch the Venture Brothers, I watch Breaking Bad, and I watch uh, Thirty Rock. Right. And, uh, those are great shows. Great shows. Uh, not also mentioned Castle, Bones, and, uh, <laughs> and NCIS Marathons, which are on at three in the afternoon <clears throat> in every town in America. You know, it's a good show that I've only seen one episode of. I'm not even sure if it's still on. It was, I don't know if it was brought on and pulled. It's on Fox. It's with Bradley Whitford from the, um, from the West Wing, which is one of my favorite shows. Right. And he's on some show now. It's on Fox. It's a cop show. And it's, I saw one episode that my friend DVR'd. <coughs> This is bad because I can't think of the name of it, but it's it's an amazing show. I can get my genius little phone and look it up. No, no, it's um, but is it a is it a dramedy? It's, it, it? it's a dramedy. It's a cop show. Like these, uh, he plays an old kind of detective. Okay, and he's kind of a drinker, and he's got he sleeps till noon, and he's just one of these guys. But it's just I just and saw is it one on episode. USA where they like uh, they celebrate characters. You know what? I think it's actually on <laughs> TBS or TNT. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, I'll look it up. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah, and. It's uh, good. And it's, you know, because there's a bunch of stuff, there's a bunch of stuff happening now on cable where, where, like, sort of the, the hour-long dramedy, craptastic, you know, uh, procedural can happen, you know, like Psych and Burn Notice mm -hmm. and, and all of those, they're, they're lovely. There's hundreds yeah. of those kind of shows that, you, right, that, you, right. that most people are like. What? What's it called? Burn? Who? Psych? What? Yeah, yeah, because they, the, their percentage of the, the, the watchers is not, like regular TV, but they're great. Yeah. Well, that's like, I, I used to love, it, it went off the air last year, but I used to love Monk. And all of my friends would be like, who watches Monk? Like, <laughs> been on for seven years, but like, right, right. like people's grandparents watch Monk. And I was right, like, like Jag, it's like really Jag funny. and NCIS. It's a, I watched the first three seasons of Monk, and which I liked. It was a lot darker in yeah. the beginning. I had a blind date once with Biddy Schramm from Monk. Who's Betty Schramm? Which did she play one of the first seasons? The first season, she was. She was oh, the, I liked her. She was the co-star of the first yeah, season. First assistant. She was the first. Oh, I liked her better than the second assistant. Though the second assistant did grow on me, as yeah. people do. Yeah. Like in Burn Notice, all those actors are weird looking. Like except for um the the guys who's in everything, who plays the sidekick, on Burn Notice. Ah, everyone is. I'll tell you what's happening. We're all not remembering names. It's like this is good, right. good, good plugging for the other networks and the shows. You, you is it on Fox? Forest? I don't know. Is Everybody is listening to Bruce. Bruce it is yeah. Bruce Campbell, but everyone in the Dork Forest is listening, going, "It's Bruce." They're you're yelling through their iPods. <laughs> it's Bruce Campbell for crying out loud! <laughs> you morons. And but Bruce Campbell, but the but the main character and his super creepy skinny girlfriend, you know, who who likes to blow things up. Mm -hmm. They are weird looking people. They are not normal. I'm going to put you on television, right. regular features kind of thing. He right. has got giant teeth and a weird jaw and she is creepy skinny. And, um, but after like three or four episodes, you're like, 
it's just like having family that looks different. You're just like, oh, that's what they look like. <laughs> that's a good story. I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> that's a great story. Right. You owe me a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys go off. Do something. Talk about something. Let's talk about VH1. Let's talk about uh, – because you, you do the 50 greatest, and I was in one where I was a talking head on the 50 greatest bathroom attendants. Yes. But you've done a 50 greatest a bunch of them. For right? VH1. I'll just so, – just so we people yeah, know. Yeah, backstory. The 50 greatest, what you were in, was a is a absurd version of a – it's a web series that I created that's based on the – 50 the greatest, real the real ones on VH1. Right, right, the thing that allows you right. to buy land. And- it buys land and keeps me my food in my stomach and mm-hmm. my roof over my head. So I'm very grateful to VH1. So in their honor, <laughs> I've created like, like just like an, an absurd version of those shows. So 50 greatest on VH1 would be, would be 50 greatest music moments or 50 greatest whatevers. What we do at 50 greatest is we do 50 greatest bathroom attendance, 50 greatest numbers, 50 greatest moments in beef, which you were also in, which is coming out soon. Was I in beef? 50 greatest. You were in, we did four the day you came by. Oh, did, I thought I did numbers too. Did I do you numbers? You didn't do numbers. We were going to do, we were going to redo numbers and mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to do that, but we did 50 greatest bathroom attendance, 50 right. greatest moments in beef, right. 50 greatest shapes. <laughs> and fifty greatest tools. Right. It was. It. It's very absurd and very fun. And uh, that's and then, it. It's just fun and silly. There's nothing more to it than that. Right. They're not selling an email. Yeah. You're not. It's just a. It's just a fun thing to do with a skill that you've that you've gained by by doing all these real shows. Well, I'll say the real skill. I mean, the ideas are great, and, I, and I, I'm proud that we, that Tim and I came up. Tim Bennett, my partner, and I came up with this. But I, I, I think they're really. The hats have to go off to people like you and Jimmy Pardo and Jimmy Dore and Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini and those guys that that that, that they've were all in it. been on this show and they've all been on your show. <laughs> uh, friends of the show, friends of the course. show, and those guys are all great because they get the format because they've done the real ones. Oh right, and they sell this as if this is real. So, for instance, fifty greatest bathroom attendants. Mm-hmm. One of the moments is is, is uh, Pierre at the Four Seasons Hotel in Paris. So everyone right. talks about Pierre as if Pierre's a real and you guy. just ri- and you riff off of it exactly so. right. So, so it's not – it's the same thing as if the other ones are on VH1, but we right. make just absurd, silly, stupid right, but subjects. The, but the editing on it is quite nice just because it's super fast. Right. And, and it's it's the it's a skill that you've gained over doing the real ones where exactly. you have the exact – the correct shot and the and the angles are all good. And I don't know. It's uh, – I, I, did, I did one that was not a joke. Uh, on the Weather Channel, and it was the fifty greatest. It wasn't the fifty greatest. It was. Uh, it was all about um, the greatest snowstorms, and it was a real talking head show on the Weather Channel. <laughs> They're all doing those shows. But they had me on. Uh, I don't know if that's still in rotation, folks. Why don't you get out there, check it out? Does anybody ever recognize you from that? No, no. I get more people <laughs> recognizing me from Mark Marin's podcast. Last night I did a set, and this guy came. And he said. Why do I know you? And I was like, well, uh, and, and then, you know, you're, you're, you're led to like rattle off your resume to like, I don't know where you see, I, I'm glad you have and I'm glad you're psyched. Right. That it's somehow, <laughs> but I, yeah. It's funny when someone would ask you like where they know you because well, the answer it's... would be, well, if you, I don't know, every once in a while, if you've ever turned on your television, you might have seen me there. The Maybe. one time it backfired was uh, when I first started doing stand-up. I would not let go. This one woman was like, where do I know you from? And I was like, well, I do stand-up comedy. I do stand-up comedy. She's like, no, that's not it. And I was like, I wonder where it is. And she went on, and it was like a minute of this. And finally she goes, Plasma Center. That's right. <laughs> I was selling some plasma. Early days. Early days of the stand-up comedy game. Well, it could backfire. That's funny. It uh-huh. could backfire. Yeah, he used to work at Walmart. Right. Yes, yes, You were I a did. greeter for many years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question about the, uh, the, the VH1 shows. Uh, when, when these are constructed, do, do you start out saying, okay, we're going to make the 50 greatest musical moments, and then you have to come up with them? Or do you come up with them and say, well, we only have 40, so we're going to do a top 40 instead of a top 50? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a great question, and I'll answer that in two ways. First of all is... is um. <clears throat> When I come on to do these shows, that's already been kind of established. Now, I've okay. show produced. I feel produced for those shows. So, like, normally, when you watch the ones on VH1, I'm hired. The shows are produced out of New York. So, all the posts and all the editing and all that stuff is done there. However, a lot of the talent interviews done there as well. But also, I'm the one, one of the, the few people that do the L.A. field producing for those shows. So, it's a green screen interview and some B-roll. And we shoot people in their natural environment, but also in front of the, the, the green backdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I have show produced those. So what happens is, is let's say the, the show that just happened, the 40 greatest 90s one-hit wonders. So there's more than that, but they collect they, – they're doing 40 because probably more budgetary problems than doing 100 or 50. You know, it all, it's all about what they can air. Right. So that's how – that's a big factor is how they, they decide. Because they have to credits on stuff. Do well, there's, to... there's rights and clearances. Okay. Uh, there's lots of reasons, but I just think that, that you know, money's tight all the way around. And so instead of doing 100, they'll do a 40, <laughs> right, which right. to me is only a few days of work, like maybe a week or two of work, whereas the 100 could be – Weeks? Weeks and months of work. Oh, really? And it's, it's piecemeal. It's not every day, but I could, if they start in January, I could go from January to like May. Right, right. Sporadically doing these shoots. Right. Uh, but to answer your question is that yes, they, they, they sit around and go, okay, well, let's do, uh, let's do another 90s one hit wonders. You know, it, obviously they have a wealth of them, but let's say they'll do, they come up with 40 and then all the producers are the researchers and they come up with like all the different songs. This was a one hit wonder. That was a one hit wonder. So they kind of collect them and then they kind of, Eliminate the ones they don't want. So I did a show for TV Guide Network. Did a few of them. Um, one was called 25 Things You Didn't Know About TV Kids. <laughs> All right. All right. So another- what was your favorite thing that you didn't know about TV kids? Um, I'm, I'm interrupting the story, that's but okay. I need to know. Uh, you know, it's funny. One of the, one of the funniest ones, um, one of the most interesting, I say, uh, a lot of it had to do with like the laws of kids, you know, um, that they can't only work a certain amount of hours. Oh, right. Which is really interesting. Uh, there's a great story that Danny Bonaducci told that how he was discovered. He was at a place called Copper Penny, which was a, a place that used to exist in the valley here. San Fernando Valley. Not too far from where we are right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Van right. Nuys. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting there with his mom. And I guess he was eight, I think the story goes. Eight or ten. He was one of these precocious kids who had a great vocabulary. And him and his mom are talking, and he says, uh, well, as Thoreau once said, and the person sharing uh, had the booth behind him was Dr. Kildare, which was Richard Chamberlain. Okay. Right? Wow. So he's like, peeks his head over and he's like, did you just say, as Thoreau <laughs> once said? <laughs> and that's how, because this wow. kid needs to be on television. And that's right. how he got started. And Richard Chamberlain I, discovered right? him should... at like Bob's Big Boy. No, what Copper you... Penny. Yeah, it was like oh, it was Copper like a Copper. It was a Bob's Big Boy type place. A diner. Right, right. Yeah, I yeah. am. The four and twenty. The four and twenty. Not sure. on like a four and twenty. Nat's early bite. Nah, Nat's early bite is the best. I. That's what I miss about. Well, my parents live. Well, they lived very close by. Right. And one of our favorite places to go was Nat's Early Bite. Nat's Early Bite, uh, I go to breakfast at Nat's Early Bite probably three, four times a week. It's amazing. I meet people, and I, you know what I get now? I get the half pan sand. A lot of information for you, Mike Funt. What's going on in Jackie's breakfast? Have you been to uh, Twain's? Oh, Twain's I have is- been to Twain's. Oh, That's so my, that is my favorite dinery type place. That's, what's, what's the big cross streets for Twain's? I forget. Uh, it'd be Ventura and Coldwater Canyon. Okay. All right. Because I've I'm, driven by it a million times. Yeah, I'm just going to say you should really, really do yourself a favor. And especially now that you're going to move back to this neighborhood, is treat yourself to Nat's early bite. Yeah, it'll change your life. If you're Burbank, if you haven't been, if you're if you're a breakfast guy, oh yeah, that's the place to go. I mean, it's 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 off the hook. How about the Magnolia Grill over uh, Burbank on Magnolia near uh, Coenga? I've not been to that one. It is. uh, It's real. It's you know what it is. It's a lunch diner. You know how like there's a really great breakfast. Let's dork out a little bit on diners, shall we? Let's now, where it. did you grow up, Mike? Uh, I grew up in uh, just south of Atlanta. Oh, that's right. We were just talking about that. And yeah. um, so, uh, wow. So you know about that? Uh, have you been to that Flying Biscuit place in Atlanta? Flying Biscuit. No, I the don't fly. Know. It's owned by uh, the Indigo Girls. <laughs> Really? No, right, the band, the Indigo Girls. You know what I like about Jackie Cation musical references? They're usually about 11 years old. It's perfect <laughs> and uh, fantastic. Uh, so, but yeah, so diners though, the, the, the Naturally Bite is the best breakfast diner, I think. Even though there's a place called CeCe's over in Encino, which is like a crepe place and a little more expensive, a little more, eh, a little more tood. Uh, not a Jinkies tood. We're not talking like a, you or know. Hugo's. Not a, well, Hugo's, Hugo's, I like Hugo's, though. They're but good, it but is. they do have a lot of toot. Mm-hmm. Now, Hugo's used to be a place called Smoky Joe's. That same place? That same place okay. on Riverside and, and Coldwater. Coldwater. Mm-hmm. And Smoky Joe's that was around when my parents were kids mm-hmm. was also could go toe-to-toe with um, 
With gnats? With gnats. A- an amazing place for breakfast. Just, ah, that place is, again. See, Hugo's is, is serves food that chose to die. Right. Yeah, Hugo's has, like, it has meat, it has vegetables, it has coffee, it has, it has hippie food, it has non-hippie food, but it's all <coughs> very organic and lap, that type of thing. What my favorite sign at Hugo's these days, have you noticed this, Mike, is that there's a sign on the door that says, uh, you can't bring your own food and beverages in. Now, usually, I think to myself, that means someone has brought their Starbucks in. Like right. a, 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 and so I asked one day, about a year ago, if that's what they meant. And the waitress said to me, no, no, uh, we're talking about people actually bringing in their food and wanting right. us to prepare their food. They would bring in food from the grocery store and say, can you put this in with my meal? Yeah. Right. That's insane. Uh, Yeah. I, are you Barbara Streisand? Who, who gets to do that? I think only Barbara Streisand. Um, yeah, that's stay at home if you can't have. There's certain. I I and so when I go in, I always ask for is there a new story? And I've gotten like three. And there was the the person who brought in like they were holding eggs. They were holding warm eggs that their chicken had laid or some damn thing. Uh, another one I can't remember the other one, but the the third one was a woman had brought in, and it was just from Ralph's. I mean, it was just from a regular grocery store, right. which is what Ralph's is here in Los Angeles. And um, she was not allowed, of course. Uh, they would not prepare the food for her. And so she uh, ordered, ate her food, and on the way out, threw the bag of food at the woman who seats. Nice people. Yeah. Classy. Cl- lost their tiny lizard minds yep. out of their minds. Classy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> do you love it? I, it's but Magnolia Grill is a is a lunch. It's a lunch diner that's excellent. The diner is is I think one of the best inventions, the second best invention of the last one thousand years. Over television, what are you looking for? What what what? The diner is pretty damn good. What expound? Expound. I, I just think the diner is a great place because well, for me, I love breakfast. Mm-hmm. Eggs, omelets, chili and eggs, toast, toast. Um, corned beef hash. What's your favorite kind of toast? Let's go there. I like rye toast. You like a rye toast? I'm a Jew. Jews right. like rye toast. How about yourself, Mike Fund? What's your ancestry uh, and what kind of toast do you enjoy? I am a, a, a Anglo mutt. All right. Ancestry. And my favorite kind of toast is uh, probably just white or wheat toast. I enjoy a wheat. I don't mind a sourdough. Uh, yeah. But I usually get a wheat. It is nice. I'm a, I'm a rye guy. We were a rye guy. Right. You ever have a Bialy? Sure. Get in touch with your Jewish roots right Absolutely. There? There's a place near me in Santa Monica that has great um, bagels and Bialis. Main Street bagels. Oh, really? On Main Street. Let me tell you something. Didn't know what a Bialy was. Got one one time. I was like, what the hell happened to this bagel? And, I've uh, never heard that word until today. <laughs> uh, a Bialy is a squashed bagel. Something's happening to the Bialy. Uh, what, how is the Bialy prepared? Any idea on that one? You know, I don't. I, I think it is like a, the, it's like a, a bagel that's... Kind of how, like has Down syndrome. <laughs> it's been a while. And welcome to the show. If you haven't been listening, folks, what we like to do is we like to make one retarded reference per show. What I will do in the notes is I will find out uh, what the hell a BL is. And I bet you it's not that. And, uh, <laughs> it's a, That's not technically correct. It's a, my, my favorite, one of my I favorite heckler lines. Chromosomes <laughs> My favorite Hecker line that I never have never gotten to use again was a very drunk man uh, standing the same height as me because the stage was not very tall. And I said, sir, you're very drunk. Why don't you have a seat? And he said, I am not drunk. And I said, then what's that look on your face? Down syndrome? He was super drunk is what the point of that joke was. And I got a big laugh. And I've never been able to use that one again. <laughs> very sad for me. Very sad when I was It's Hecker good when line. you have a good line to combat hecklers. I got a lot of, hey, Jew boy. When I would do one-nighters. Really? Yes. I would do... I don't know if you ever did a single one-nighters for Mr. John Yoder in the um, yeah, he's, Midwest. Yeah, he is the Midwestern version of Mr. Tribble. Yes. Yes. He's a Tribble for the mid for the Midwest. And uh, I'm not sure if you ever did one-nighters or just did the club scene, but he was... He is a one of the... You know, Lennon like the Hansons, and there's a bunch of bookers, and mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. one of them. So... There's a sports bar with your name on it that has a movable stripper pole, and maybe they'll turn... Maybe they'll put the TVs on mute. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes they they put on mute, and the people come there. They don't. They they like, hey, turn the turn the TV back on. You shut up. TV back on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But I was called Jew Boy doing a one nighter um, at Larry Bird's Boston Connection in Terre Haute, Indiana, doing a one nighter for Yoder. Crazy Indiana. 
Yeah. Indiana has, it's, it's a, it's a split personality, Indiana, because parts of Indiana are great. And then other parts of it, you're like, what has happened here? Is there a problem with the water? Uh, cause, uh, but I, I don't know if you've been to Bloomington, even Indianapolis, both quite Beautiful. nice. South Bend, driving through South Bend is quite nice, quite lovely. It sounds like dancing. That's oh, a line from the Philadelphia hello. story. Uh, <laughs> did you play, did you ever do any of the, uh, the Sobel stuff down south? Uh, Mike fun? Yeah, and I did uh, a lot of one-nighter stuff down there. I, my favorite thing is I, I don't, when I did stand up, I never really dealt with hecklers. Like I would try to push past them if someone got too bad. I would like I would just shut down. My my favorite one was I was doing this one club that uh, it was like a comedy club one night a month, and <laughs> always a good idea. Yeah, and so <laughs> here we are. We're doing this show, and these guys. Come in. I mean, this is like South South Georgia, and uh, these guys come in and they're just wanting to, you know, shoot the shit with each other after work. And uh, they were all talking while I'm up there doing it. And I was like, "Look, guys, I have to be up here for 40 minutes, uh, so I could either keep doing this or I could just sit up here and drink my drink." And they were like, "Drink your drink." And so I I did that. And so I would just you got to do your time. Yeah, exactly. So I <laughs> sat up on stage and drank my drink, and I would call out every five minutes. So it's like. <laughs> Fifteen more minutes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got paid? Uh, I did, because the club owner was not there. Yes, uh, but the thing is... But I did not go back there ever no, again. <laughs> no, no, but, the thing, but that is an excellent thing to do, actually, because that will teach whoever is running that room that uh, either comedy should not be happening or they need to monitor the room. Yeah. You know, they have to, you know, do something. And Yes. I just want to say a couple things about, about that. Is that uh, <laughs> Tony Diamond would like to explain. First of all, let, let's talk about club owners if we could for a minute. Club bookers, club owners. Sure. Uh, and we can all relate to this, is that there's this, this, this breed of club owners, and they're all the same kind of a person. My favorite thing about a club owner is you work, let's say it's you're, you're there from Wednesday to Sunday. That's a long week. It's a long week. And it comes around, it's time to get paid club owner you've agreed on what the money is beforehand usually it's either standard or you can negotiate well I and they okay and whatever it is you, you agree upon let's just say you're there for the weekend it's nine hundred dollars let's just throw that out there let's not let's throw out 15 shall let's we let's throw out fifteen hundred dollars yeah. okay yeah. let's not work uh, for nine hundred dollars well people. this is circa 1998 so that's so when i stopped doing the road the, and they'll and they'll still pay you that uh and they'll want to but anyway but here's the thing on. so let's say it's fifteen hundred dollars do you agree jackie cajun Fifteen hundred bucks. I'm Which a club, is cheap, by the I'm way. I'm a club Note owner. Note that to yourself. So let, let, let's see if we do a little. If we can do a little improv. So I'll be the club owner, and you say to me, "Hey, you know, it's some um, end of the week. I'm gonna get ready to take off. I was wondering if I can get a check." Yeah, uh, I'm looking for my check. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Let's let's um let's sure. Okay, I'll get you. I'll get you paid. Um, we said um we said seven hundred, right? Oh, really? Did you have that a lot? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't get. Did you have that a lot, Mike? Uh, no, where, 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 where it would come down to the wire and people would be like, mm. no, we said 15. Are you sure we didn't say seven or six fifty? No, no, no. We said 15. Ah, I'm just busting your balls. Wait, are you sure we didn't say 11? No, we said $1,500. Right, right, right. Come you, on. You know what I like to do, uh, now, which is, it hasn't happened to me. I think it happened to me maybe once, but I was never, cause I, I don't know if you can tell, I'm kind of straightforward. And, uh, so when, uh, at times I'd be like, yeah, so um, I'm looking for my check for $1,500. That's usually what I say out loud to the booker. Or the There's no gray area there. Yeah, yeah. Then then no one has any sort of problem. Um, and, and so it usually is fine. Um, and now what happens is, is I always bring the email mm-hmm. with the confirmation uh, amount on it if there's any sort of problem. And I always hash those things out. Like I, I had um, – I, I just got Yoder actually just texted me. And he asked me to do Madison, get, send his avails for Madison, Wisconsin. And I sent him back and he said, what, um, uh, are you available, uh, the first two months of 2012? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it turns out I'm not booking at this time in April. The first, I'm completely available. Feel free to pick a day, a week. And he was like, and so he texted me back. He goes, price. And I sent him, you don't want to do this, young comics. You don't want to give yourself. I, I, I've, I've mostly weaned myself from the long answer, but for some reason, I really want to do Madison. You know, because I haven't been back in years. It's a great club. It's a great club. It's it's where I went to college. I love that room and I love that audience. And so, 
I said, you know, because as of right now, here's too much information and some transparency for the American public. I make between fifteen hundred and twenty three hundred to twenty five hundred dollars, rarely twenty five hundred dollars for a week of stand up comedy at a regular club, fifteen to twenty three hundred, and it's usually fifteen hundred plus three hundred for air, and then I get hotel. But I, whatever. So that's I sent him that sentence, and I also said you can pick the low end if you want. And did he go, nah, Jackie, we'll give you 25. Uh, guess what he did? He hasn't responded to me because he wants to pay me 900 And again, guys, you're nodding. What I'm going to need from the yes. audio. Sorry. There you go. Not, yeah, yeah. So, so 900 He's like, yeah, well, you know what? F her. We'll give her 900 Well, he hasn't even offered me not. I mean, and the thing is, is I can't take 900 There's actually no profit There's in no it. upside. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I'll tell you a story. When I came back from Chicago. Not a hobby. Yes. yes. I that's right, it's not a hobby. I got booked with um with Tribble. That's right, that's the guy that's Pacific Northwest and whatever. Right. So he had me on uh it was like eleven days on the road. And he's like, Okay, it's gonna be it was, it was, this was to, to middle, so it's a two man show. Right, right, right. So it, I remember this was back in nineteen ninety when I first got back here, nineteen ninety eight, and it was like He's like, okay, I didn't. We, we didn't talk money up front. So once it's all booked, he's like, okay, it's ninety a show, and it's just like, and there was, I was and gone. And you don't get it that night, if I remember correctly, no, with triple. I, I don't. Yeah. And so here's the thing: is at least I, Yoder pays you every night, and then you have gas money to get to the next the gig. next gig. Yeah. It was, it was, it was not just one location. It was we were moving quite around the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Wyoming, and, and Wyoming, and then my Montana, and right. then back to Wyoming. And there was dark days in there. Oh my God! With no hotel? No. Yeah, you're on your own. These d- dark days, like okay, you do five days in a row, then you have three days off, then you have to do so. Like okay, you're out in, way up north. So you're like, what do you do now? So I started doing the math. I'm like, I'm gonna come home owing, you know, at least six hundred dollars. Yeah, right. exactly. Huh. Well, I will spend six hundred dollars. So I was like, this. I, so I called him back. You know what? I'm I'm sorry, I can't do it. Right. That so happened a couple times. Did, did he take that? Okay, or sure. Though I did it with Pat, who's out of Seattle, and she doesn't. Because um, with even when you feature uh, doing stand-up comedy for people who don't know, uh, you get a hotel room. It's really the only perk that stand-up comics get is they get yeah. their own hotel room. It could be at the worst Super Eight in the world, but you're not a band. We're not all living in our Scooby-Doo van, right? And so. Uh, she told me about these gigs, and I said yes. And then I did the math, and I called her back ten minutes later, and I said. And I don't know why I'm telling the story with her name on it, even though, because, you know, the stand-up comedy is like the wrestler. Like, ten years from now, I'm going to need those gigs. But whatever. <laughs> but the thing is, is I called her back like 15 minutes later, and I said, you know what? There's actually, I'm, I'm going to come home. I won't make any money. I can't actually do the gigs. And she said, if you cancel these gigs, I will never book you again. And I was like, yeah, I, I can't do these gigs anyway. Why? <laughs> what do I care if you never book me again? Wow. Yeah, you know it's, it's funny. I think they, I'm sorry. Please. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's crazy. And one of the reasons why I don't do it anymore is because just talking about this is making my stomach. Oh twist really? <laughs> and I'm just like ah, I just hated dealing with all of that so much. And uh, yeah, and you know so many. But how is acting and voice acting better? It's I don't know. I get to stay in one place. Well, there's that. for one. Thing. <laughs> um. And I don't know. People in in voiceovers are so much nicer than oh, club are they? owners. Yeah, and uh, I, I I've I just found that that voiceover, especially even better than just on camera acting, is just it's a very nice right. And business. so when you do a lot of voiceover stuff, do, what kind of voices do you do? Like you, you must have. Like you, have, we were wearing a T-shirt with Donald Duck. Can you do a Donald Duck impression? Uh, no, I cannot do Donald Duck. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> You're like, I do. No. I can do. Thanks a, for bringing uh, it up, Jackie. I, I can do voice match for uh, Thorol Ravenscroft, who was the voice of uh, Tony the Tiger, and he did a lot of voices for Disney and stuff like that. Oh, really? Uh, What's uh, Tony the Tiger? Just says, "What does Tony the Tiger say besides it's great?" Uh, he he talks a lot in in various commercials. Like back in the '60s, he had a, a oh, whole a lot of dialogue. Yeah, he would have like one minute little animated shorts that he would do. Can you do a little of it? Uh, put a tiger on your team with Kellogg Sugar Frosted Flakes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Ah, oh, wow. That's really awesome. Frosted Flakes have the taste adults have grown to them. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> 
enjoy that a great deal. That is really awesome. Fantastic. Can you do? Uh, who are your? Uh, who are your favorite current? Uh, like, do you watch like? Not Dragon Ball Z, because that's a reference from six years ago, or ten. But, uh, like, what, are you watching, like, the new... Like, the ones that the eight-year-old boys are sucked into now. Are you watching yeah. them? Uh, yeah, I watch, I watch anything. Uh, I'll give everything a, a chance, I should say. And then if it, if I, if I'm not compelled by it, I, I, I just will stop. So, uh, I think that Phineas and Ferb is probably the funniest animated cartoon, uh... That, that kids can watch? Show. Yeah, on now. And, but it's, it's very smart comedy like it's a kid show and it's on the disney channel but you could put it uh you could put it between the simpsons and american dad on sunday night and it would it would hold its own it's just a very uh, american dad is good <laughs> is that what you're telling me <laughs> well no okay. i just mean it would it would hold its own with grown-ups like, oh it's, fair uh, enough it's uh i've heard that about phineas and ferb it's uh i would like to watch phineas and ferb i just i never i don't know what i'm watching i'm watching some daily show I'm watching some colbert i'm watching the shows that have previously been mentioned but that's uh that's great. It's so those are the because I the Animaniacs were my favorite. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When I was in you know my twenties and uh, and I would sit around and not get high and watch those, but you could have and SpongeBob. I never got into SpongeBob because I think oh, it was yeah. too late. Um, I yeah, and I love Tom Kenny. He's uh, he's probably my favorite voice actor working today. He's uh, he's pretty great. I'd actually like to have him on the show, but I don't know him well enough. But uh, you know what? I didn't know other people well enough, and I'm willing to ping him. So what the heck, Jackie? How about Tom Kenny? Tom Kenny, voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, yes. and uh, and and many other things. Right? Doesn't he do a lot of work? Or oh yeah, he works. That guy works, right? Uh, Handy Manny, and all, yeah, he's on a ton of shows. But um, my friend Maria Bamford does a lot of uh, yeah. voiceover stuff. So. She's amazing too. She's yeah, she's one of the just constantly working. She had that that big. Commercial campaign for Target last Christmas. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's where she played the crazy... Uh, she played Sisters two years ago, where she played two characters. One that had OCD and one that had OCD. And uh, <laughs> one that manifested itself in one way and another one that manifested <laughs> itself in another way. And they stuck with the sort of the positive OCD one, which is kind of creepy for Target. They're like, yeah. no, no, you should be OCD and like on freaking board with this Target. Yeah, th those commercials were really surreal. Uh, yeah, they were... And she got to write them too, and, uh, and oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she's a writing credit and the whole thing, and and Brilliant. speaking of, so yeah, so that's great. So what what are what are, what are you working on that people can watch, Mike? Uh, mostly uh, commercials right now. Yeah, you're doing uh, voiceover for commercials. Uh, yeah, uh, here and there for various things. I did uh, the most recent thing I did was for these. Uh, it was not a commercial. Was uh, for toys. Uh, it was one of my favorite. I really enjoyed it because it was for these toys in, like, Korea or something. Korea or... Right. Or, like, like China or something like that. But they were... Specific? It's to teach kids English. Uh, so it was really? like... Uh, it was like a cowboy and a pirate and, like, <laughs> just like an average dude. Uh, and it was to teach them English. Like, put... You know, put the hat on my head and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so they could figure, like, play with the toy and figure out what the English words for various things. But it was really silly. And, that and it, was a, it was a lot of fun. And you were doing the commercial for it, or were you doing the voices for the toys? The voice of the toys. Oh, that's cool. Wow, you are you, you're a helper. Now, Pete. Now, kids will know what hat is. Yes. In Korea. <laughs> yes. And uh, and they will say, Mike Funt told me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no like. IMDb for toys. <laughs> oh right, it's true. It doesn't really. I mean, there are for video games though. Have you done video game voiceover stuff or? Uh, I'm working on getting into video games. It's a, it's kind of a. Tough well, I will to crack. tell my husband because he makes video games and he's constantly hiring those guys. And at which point I was like, Hey, what about me? Anything? Any, <laughs> any work? This one over here, sitting right next to you at dinner. No. Mm, okay. Really? I don't have a reel, though. <clears throat> That's really funny when, when those situations. My friend tells this funny story of how my friend is, a, is an editor, video editor. He does all reality shows, documentaries. He's great on Avid, great on all, all forms of editing software, Final Cut Pro. And one day he gets a call from another friend of ours who says, hey, um, I'm doing this new show for Animal Planet, whatever it was, and I need an editor. Do you know anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I need someone who could do Avid, Final Cut Pro, this and that. All the things my friend is an expert at. Do you know anyone? Why? What? That Does he assume that he's super busy? 
I get that's my only thing because this guy who called him is a pretty smart guy, right? You know, a story producer, a field producer guy, and so I can only assume that he thought, oh, he's not going to be interested, or the rate's going to be too low, or he's busy, right? One of those. But right, my right. friend was just like, he calls me up and tells me this dude, I'm not going, you're not going to believe what just happened. I'm like, tell me. He tells me the story, and we're just laughing. He's like, that's incredible. And he didn't say to him, he didn't say, he didn't say to his friend. Uh, yeah. What about yeah. what, what about, about me? Who's standing in front of you? Right. Nothing. Right. Okay. Well, I'm on the <laughs> other end of the line over here. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. It's um, I I did a show. You know, it's so interesting when when you're asked to recommend people and you're like, well, I would do it again, but it doesn't really make sense. Like with stand up, and especially if you've done an hour, you're like, you're right. Next year, I will not have a new hour. I am not Louis C.K. Right. It'll be <laughs> fine. And uh, but. But it, I mean, it is kind of, it's, it's one of my favorite things actually too, is that when you get to tell people about, uh, about someone who they didn't know about who's actually really good at the job that you do, you know, it's kind of fun to, to get people to, to get people work. Yeah. I, I find that kind of entertaining because I'm like, look who's in the know. I am in the know. You don't know who Erin Jackson is. She's hilarious. You should book her. And she's from, uh, she's from the South. I think she lives in, uh, either Atlanta or, uh, DC. And a uh, very funny uh, comic. Met her on Last Comic Standing. Huh. But did you do Last Comic Standing? I did. I did two seasons. Never made it to the... Uh, NBC was never willing to go uh, fully Jackie Cation. Uh, I made it to the semifinals twice. Was this after they did the whole stuff with living in the house? This was after they ditched that storyline? Uh, yeah, they went back to the house for the last two seasons. Oh, have they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time there was a boat... It was the Bill Dwyer season. Bill Dwyer and Doug Benson lived on a boat, and that didn't go very well. Uh, and then then they didn't have a boat. Then they didn't have a living situation, but it, they had the be- – that was the, the year after uh, – the year I didn't try out in between the two years had, was, had, had the best challenges. Right. The best challenges. Like, they literally had to go to Bed Bath & Beyond, literally, probably – Genuinely. I don't know what the real thing is because I haven't written that down. Uh, but uh, they had to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. They were given an hour to come up with props, and then they had to do a prop set, a four-and-a-half-minute prop set, and Carrot Top judge- judged it. That's a real challenge. Yeah, that's, and that's fun. That's, a neat that's fun. That, and then uh, they didn't do, which would have been awesome, would be to do, have, like, you got to go through the newspaper, you got to write political jokes, and Will Durst is going to judge it. You know, or someone, <laughs> or, you know, Dennis Miller or somebody... Sane would be good, but anyway, but right. the, uh, so, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's a real, I just did a show, um, that this guy, Troy Conrad, he'll be on the next episode of the show, and he's a political comic, but he came up with a fascinating idea. You wrote comics, you stand-ups, what do you think of this idea for, uh, I did a show, it was at the Comedy Central stage, and it was me, Dana Gould, friend of the show. Wow. Uh, Carlos Alrazi. Guy, how do you say his last name? Alice Rocky. Alice Rocky. Thank I just, you, sir. I just, um, he just hosted this uh, comedy shorts film festival uh, awards dinner. Right. Also he, a successful voice actor. He's also, great. Yeah, he's amazing. Was on Reno nine one one too, yep. right? And yep. uh, he's so, on he's on my on my producer reel because I I did this thing with um him and Cedric um from Reno nine one one. No, no. <laughs> is his name Cedric? Yeah, Cedric. The other the the, the black the other guy from uh, Yarbor. Cedric Yarbors. There you go. Thank you very good much. Call, good. Thank call. you very much. And, but it was, it was Data and then, and then Rob Lynch and a bunch of comics who'd been doing it, Mary Birdsong, comics who'd been doing it for at least 15, 20 years. And Troy Conrad's thing is everybody gets their own set list that they've never seen before, a list of topics. And you're supposed to go on stage and do six to eight minutes pretending that this is your act. And so you're handed this 60 seconds before you go on stage, your list of stuff. You go on stage. The set list shows up on a screen behind you so the audience can see it. And then you start doing jokes from that set list. And twice you have to go to the bucket uh, from the audience. And I'm sure it's, you know. And um, How'd you do? How'd it go? Uh, it was fine. Dana Gould had the set of the night. I had to follow him, and uh, that was fun. Anyway, but he had the set of the night. It was it was amazing. He, he turned uh, a joke. He turned the words ham theory, ham theory, into... Um, into a signature bit. Everybody did their act, but they were topics that they didn't pick. And it was, right. it was great. Like, what would you have done with ham theory? Oh, gosh. I would have, I, I probably would have, would have gone Porky Pig. Por- yeah, you would yeah. have gone Porky. Yeah. You, see, somebody else told me they would have gone ham radios. Yeah. So, and. Or John Ham. 
or right or John Hamm. It's and 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 for that I might have gone the route of 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 oh I really don't do this, but I might have gone the route of, of I don't eat a lot of ham as a Jew and in the whole kosher thing and you whatever on Jewish kosher thing Jewish kosher thing sure it's a, it's a felony where I come from <laughs> something like that yeah it could and then and like um, Rick Shapiro he didn't I seriously. Uh, Troy handed him, I don't know if you've seen Rick Shapiro, but, uh, uh, Troy handed him his set list and Rick Shapiro didn't even look at it. And he just went up, he went on stage and then he looked at it. You know, there's something to be said for people like that. I, I had moments as a comic where I was able to expound on, on that kind of a thing, but it was more, I had to be prepared. And I don't know that I would, I, that that would be my form and my something my forte. It was scary. Scary. It was a scary thing to do, which there's, means yeah. that it was good for me. Right. And there's certain people that are really, really good at it. Um, that can Jane Gould is a good example. All the people that are on that show that you mentioned, you, yourself included, they can take that and run with it. And I, and I you know, if I was still doing stand up, I'm sure that I, I would if hone you, the skills. But right, right. If you were in the zone, if you did stand up <clears throat> as much as everybody on that show did stand up, and for as long, right, you would have just it would have still been scary. But right. you would have done the thing that you do, which is go up and talk. Go up and talk. <laughs> you know, pontificate on whatever, you know, right. and, uh, it's a, it's, but to be like that is really, really good skill. Be a really fun thing to watch. I sure. Think. Like, I, I would even just go watch that show. Yeah. Cause I don't need to. So you guys, it's been an hour. Oh. Are you Holy kidding moly. me? Yeah. First of all, Mike's sitting there going, I got to talk about three car- cartoons and we will have you back. And we will talk <laughs> more about cartoons with, uh, with you, Mike Fund. Oh, that's fine. It's, uh, uh, what, uh, but I would like to ask what you would recommend people see that they might not know. Um, or a book that you might recommend that they might read or a website. Uh, I would say. It's good to see. Uh, probably the, the best, uh, book. I would recommend would be Hollywood Cartoons by uh, Michael Barrier. Uh, if you're interested in learning about cartoons, that's the, sort of the end-all, be-all book on... Uh, on and, Hollywood the, Cartoons. On, on the history of animation, yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, I will have a book coming out this fall called Finding Walt, about Walt Disney. Oh, neat. Um, so I'd recommend you check that one out this fall as well. <laughs> yes, this fall. And uh, who's publishing that? Uh, it's self-published. Good. Uh uh, that's something they ask on NPR. That's why I asked. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, like, it's premiering at the, uh, a festival in Walt Disney's hometown. So oh, okay. It's it's be, it's pretty much finished up, but I, I'm not going to put it out until I go to, to that, that festival. festival. And then you will sell it as merch after uh, it's at a table, no doubt. Exactly. That is lovely. A convention, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Tony Diamond? What would you what would you recommend people watch or see or read or stand on top of? Anyway? Um. I'm a huge fan. This sounds, I, I, every morning I wake up and I read, um, slate.com. Yeah. Which I'm kind of a fan of. And that goes to the Huffington Post and it goes to different talking points memo. And, you know, it has their news stories, the Washington Post, New York Times. Right, right. So it just, I think it's such a great briefing of the news. Okay. It's know, a which news is good. Briefing. It's a news briefing, which is really awesome. Okay. Um, if I may take this moment to plug. Yeah. Yeah. And cause we have, Mike, obviously, people can find your book when it comes out on your Facebook page or on MikeFunt.com. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. And, but you have, uh, the guru, the cartoon guru page on Facebook that I'm going to link off of as well. Yes. And, uh, Tony, Tony Lake boys, yeah, Mike, why don't you plug his thing? And I was like, damn it. Yes, I want to. And now, <laughs> Tony Diamond, you have a Facebook page and a YouTube page. I do. I want to plug, uh, take a moment to tell people about the 50 greatest, the absurd version of the countdown shows, which right. you can find on YouTube. It's the 50 greatest. It's called the 50 greatest channel on YouTube. So is it youtube.com slash the 50 greatest? You know, it's, yeah, user slash. It's really, it's, it's not easy to find. I'll tell you is that. It but fiddly? It's, yeah. But if you were to type in 50 greatest numbers, it, the, as an episode. As or an episode. Or 50, attend- actually, better yet, 50 Greatest Bathroom Attendants. Because I'm in that one. And Jackie's in that. That <laughs> will not only take you to that video, but to our channel. You can right. become a fan on Facebook, which is just at Facebook. Go into Facebook and type in 50 Greatest, and you can click and on. And show up. Yeah, yep. and, and you can follow and us on Twitter. On, and, and you're on Twitter. And uh, the the Cartoon Guru's on Twitter as well, right? Yes. Okay. And I'm on Twitter, people. Jackie Cation. Jackie Cation. People I just like, followed, just started following you on Twitter. You know, I have to say, people want like a Dork Forest Twitter and a Dork Forest Facebook. And I was like, I'm tired. There's too many pages in the world and, uh, you should be able to find me. And, yeah. Well, uh, my Twitter, my Twitter is just the same feed from Facebook. So oh, you did can, you, you link can, them together? Yeah. So you can follow Twitter, but. Is I, that like a co-tweet? 
Uh, yeah, I just can't. I, I can't. I think have of Tumblr deleted to my Twitter and to say. my Facebook, but uh, the, my Tumblr blog is a. Uh, um, it goes into my Twitter and into my. It, it, it's if I the Tumblr blog is really if I want to expound on something as a blog or if I want to do a long tweet. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm currently. Well, yeah, that's using what I, I I have the blog and I have the Facebook page and I have the Twitter and I was like I just can't think of that many things to say every day and no one needs to hear it. <laughs> I mean, I was I've been on a lot of podcasts lately and I've been taping a lot of podcasts. I have mentioned the same five books over and over again the last three episodes. So it's fascinating stuff, people. Uh, I'm going to read a new book and get in touch with you in our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for the donations and the purchasing and the listening and the all that. Take care of each other out there. See you next time. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?